Living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting builds up the faith and the confidence that you need in the Lord. for divided loyalty thank you for watching brothers of the word because brother you need the word <laughs> all right well tonight we want to look in some very familiar scripture here in the book of mark mark the ninth chapter mark the ninth chapter i'm telling you mark is one of my favorite books of the bible for some obvious reasons there. The book of Mark, the ninth chapter. I want to take you to some very familiar text of scripture, and I believe the Lord has a story to tell us tonight. So just hang with me, okay? All right, we're going to look at uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, verses 14 through 29. Mark 9, verses 14 through 29. Of course, this chapter starts off with what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. The Lord Jesus takes Peter, James, and John with him into the mountain, and he shows them his glory. And standing with him, of course, we see Moses and Elijah there speaking with him. And at the very end of it, the father speaks and said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Moses and Elijah, of course, fade away. All they see is Jesus. And upon that, they go back down in the valley there. And the rest of the disciples are there, the other nine in the valley, and they're having a very difficult time. And let's see some things here. And so verse 14, it says this. This is Mark 9, of course, Mark 9, uh, the King James Version, Mark 9, verse 14. And it says, and when he came to his disciples, talking about Jesus, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. Verse 16. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? What are you guys arguing about here? Verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. In other words, he is speechless. He either can't talk or wouldn't talk. He is speechless. And verse number 18, and wheresoever he taketh him, taketh there means to seize. Wheresoever he seizeth him, he teareth. The word teareth there means to convulse or to throw down, to throw him down. And he foameth and gnashes with the teeth and pineth away. And I spake unto thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, we're going to look at the condition of this young man in just a few moments. Let's go on to verse number 19. Verse 19 said, He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Let's take a pen right there and look at that just for a moment. This man comes to Jesus and says, my son has some issues. I brought my son to your disciples. They couldn't do anything about it. What issues does your son have, sir? Well, a spirit comes upon him. The Bible says this spirit comes upon him and he seizes him. 
In other words, this thing is transient. It is moving. It's not with this child all the time. It seizes him or it arrests him. It comes upon him. And when it comes upon him, in other words, sometimes he's fine. Sometimes my son is fine. But then something comes on him and all of a sudden it throws him down. In other words, his whole attitude changes. Something comes over my son and his whole attitude changes. And then the Bible says here, he foameth at the mouth. In other words, we can say today he begins to or say or some disgusting things begin to come out of his mouth. One moment he is fine, but then something sweeps over him. His whole attitude changes. It drops like uh, the Lord told Cain in the very beginning. Cain, why is your continence fallen? If you do well, you know you're going to be accepted. Whole attitude changes. Something comes over him. His whole attitude changes. And then the vulgar or foul stuff begins to flow out of his mouth. He foams out of his mouth. And then he gnashes his teeth. Gnash the teeth means to be angry. He gets so angry. So angry. So again, something comes over him. His whole attitude changes. Foul things begin to come out of his mouth. Foul things. And then he gets so angry. So angry. And then the scripture says he pineth away. The word pineth away means to make dry or become brittle, rigid, stiff. He won't listen to me anymore. When this thing comes, sometimes he can be a delightful child, Jesus, but then other times when this spirit comes on him, this is how he acts. And of course, if you notice this, this is actually a representation of the current generation. There's a lot of foul things coming out of their mouths. There's a lot of rigidness. There's a lot of anger that's coming through this generation. Something seizes them. Their attitude changes. Some are suicidal and their emotions are so up and down you don't know where they are or how they're going to respond to you. You hate to say hello to some people. Why are you saying hello to me? You don't know how they're going to react. But the Lord said here, Jesus said, Oh, faithless generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I suffer you? Bring him to me. This indictment was not against the child. It was upon the generation. This generation calls that spirit to come in unto the child. Because the generation was faithless, it opened the door to that spirit to traffic among the youth. Now, the word faithless means, it doesn't just mean having no faith. If you look that word up in the Greek, that word faithless actually means to be unfaithful or untrustworthy. This was an unfaithful generation. And in Mark, the previous chapter, Mark the eighth chapter, Jesus also speaks to the generation and he says that they are a, an adulterous and sinful generation adulterous and sinful so it is this same generation that he says oh faithless generation in other words oh untrustworthy generation oh adulterous generation in other words you have divided loyalty and when the generation rises with divided loyalty their children will have divided loyalty 
When the parents are untrustworthy, the children are untrustworthy. And this generation, again, the indictment is that your heart is not toward God, but your heart is toward other things too. And I wonder how many of us, when we have an issue, and my God help us, because I find myself doing this sometime too. Lord, help me until the Lord arrests me. How many of us, when we have an issue, the first thing we go to is Google? We got a question about something, or maybe chat, BPT, TKKBB. We go to the AI, we go to the money, we go to this, we go to that. But the Bible says very clear the Lord says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, right? We go to all these other things. So the Lord said here, it is a generation with divided loyalty, a faithless generation or an untrustworthy generation or an unfaithful generation that opens the door to this type of spirit to traffic in throughout the youth. As we go further on down in the text, the Lord says, of course, bring him to me and the child comes and He begins to do the same song and dance. Let's look at the entire thing here. Let's look back again to verse number 20, Mark 9, verse 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowing, foaming. Verse 21. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. Now, Parents or the older generation, we are responsible. We are the watchmen. We are the guardians. And because of other generations before us and those before us, you know, school, of course, prayer was taken out of the schools. So many things began to change because one generation dropped and then another more wicked generation came up behind it and then another and then another and then another. And then here we are today. I've seen so many articles where many have said the AI will become the savior of the world. Psych. All of our problems will be solved by this computer system. All of our problems, all of our worries will go away. We'll let it do everything. It has become and becoming a false god. A false god. Money is a false god. My goodness, social media is a false god. All these things that we're beginning to depend upon, our attention, our time is turning toward it and slowly away from the Lord. Slowly, slowly, slowly turning until we become that powerless end time church. And the Bible tells us about that also in the book of Revelation. It calls that last church the lukewarm church, the Laodicean church that is neither hot nor cold. Just right there in the middle. I heard one man say it's in the sweet spot. No, that's not the sweet spot. That's the yuck spot where Jesus will spew you out of his mouth. I mean... Sometimes I go to church and sometimes that's not what he's talking about. Someone with divided loyalty. And the Bible says that when you come before God, you better come before him. When you ask him, he says, ask him in faith, 
nothing wavering. Don't waver in your faith because this word says that the person with divided loyalties is unstable in all his ways. Do you believe him or do we not believe him? And so that's the big question. That's why loyalties are divided. That's why they were faithless or unfaithful because they said, maybe God will help me, maybe not. Maybe he will, maybe not. So the whole thing has to do with faith. It has to do with, with belief. But let's go on and finish reading here. And let's go back to verse 20 again. He says, and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowing, foaming. Verse 21, and he asked the father, how long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But here's a true indication of a faithless generation. The buns of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? It says, here's what the father said. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If a faithless generation always asks if. I don't know if you're going to do it or not, God. I don't know it. A faithless generation, also in Mark the 8th chapter, seeks after signs. In other words, I got to know the next step. God, if you want me to do this, you got to have everything in place before I step out here. I got to know how the money's going to be there, who's going to help me. I got to know everything, and then I'll step out here and do this. I'm so glad Abraham didn't say that. God just said, leave your kinfolk and start walking. I'll show you where you're going to go. Right? But look now. He says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, and Jesus said to him, gives him the if back, right? If thou canst believe, there it is. This is a choice. If you can believe, if you choose to believe, because faith is a choice. If you choose to put all of your eggs in this basket, if you choose to believe in me, if you choose and say, so let me give you one indication too. Well, let me finish reading verse 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth, right? We're going to get to a point, and some of you have already been there, and then I'm speaking to the choir with a lot of people. Over this past week, or rather since November of last year, I had a physical scare, a health scare, should I say. Went to the doctor, and they put me on some machines and said, hey, you have an irregular EKG. And because you have family history of heart disease, we're going to have to take you to the specialist so the specialist can give you further treatment. And I said then, there's nothing wrong with my heart. There's nothing wrong with my heart. The nurse, bless her, put the leads on the wrong place. That's what I say. There's nothing wrong with my heart. There's nothing wrong with my heart. But here comes the devil. All these words, all these doubts, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. You remember so-and-so died. You remember so-and-so died. There's nothing wrong with my heart. There's nothing wrong with my heart. I am well. The Lord has already healed me. All is well. Had to go and finally get an appointment with the cardiologist, go into the office, and they run all these tests and say, okay, hmm, I see something irregular in your EKG. They did it there too. I tell the man in his face, there's nothing wrong with my heart. There's nothing wrong with my heart. My heart is well. My heart is well. Nothing wrong with my heart. He said, uh-huh. We're going to see you for this test in the hospital. We're going to send you for a, a, I think he said vascular MRI or something like that. They put me in this big old tube going up in there. Of course, I began to get nervous. 
what? Never had one of those before. I got to get up in the tube. I got to get up in the tube. And so they put it out way long, so I have a lot of time to think about it. Oh, Lord, I'm going to get up in my right. There's nothing wrong with my heart. No, Lord, by your stripes I am healed. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. By your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. You've already made a way for me. Praise the Lord. You can give me peace. When I get up in that thing, Lord, you can give me peace. Hallelujah. Finally got that day to have the MRI done. Go back in the back room. Lady says, all right, take off your shirt. Take off my what, lady? Take off your shirt, sir. Lay down right there on this table there. Put your hands above your head. We're going to put you through this donut-looking thing. Okay. Lay back, and the peace of God came over me. Wow. I said, my Lord, this is how your peace feels. Oh, I love this. I felt such an overwhelming peace. Oh, my goodness. I was almost going to fall asleep on the thing, but the lady kept saying, hold your breath. All right, let it go. And uh, she she just interacted with me. Later, let me have my sleep here. Oh, it was so, so much. Peace was in that place. Finally, did all that and went back home. A few days later, it take a lot of time now for some reason. Take a lot of time. The report came back, no abnormalities. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But that wasn't enough for them. So the cardiologist said, okay, yeah, yeah. Now let's go have a stress test. My goodness. Nothing wrong with my heart. Praise God, nothing wrong with my heart. We're going to do an ultrasound over your heart too just to make sure. Put the jelly on you. Take off your shirt. Yeah, take my shirt again, lady. Yes, take off your shirt. All that stuff. Put the jelly on your heart, you know, and all that stuff. Do the stress test. Run on the treadmill and all that stuff. Finally get it done and do all that. Get the test results back. There's nothing wrong with my heart. I told you in the first place there's nothing wrong with my heart. Hallelujah. But if I had divided loyalty, if I received that package from the enemy, because the devil knows how to talk to you, if I had signed for that package, I would have had that. All the cards were stacked against me. Family history, they say all this stuff. They say all this stuff. They say, no, there's nothing wrong. I'm good. Jesus made me good. I stood on my faith. It's a question about who you believe. I stood in the Lord. I stood in him. And so this man asked the Lord, he said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you choose to believe me. Because there are a lot of things that we can believe this day. A lot of reports, financial reports, doctor's reports, family issues. Lord, help us with family issues. There's so much stuff that is going on today that we can choose to believe in. I just tell you, choose to believe in Jesus. And he said, all things are possible to him that believes. And straightway the father of the child cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. But there's still some things, some things inside of me that I don't fully believe. That I'm struggling with, that I'm wrestling with. I believe, but I admit, Lord, or I confess that there is still a wrestling going on on the inside of me. And what happened next? The man still got his miracle. Why? The Lord said, if you want to move a mountain, all you got to have is a mustard seed of faith. He said, I can work with that. I can work with an honest man. You believe me, but you're still wrestling. I can work with that. Glory to God. Lord said, I can work with that. I can take you from zero to be a hero. I can work with that. Somebody who is honest and brings it before me. The Lord can work with you on that. Glory to God. 
He's a master at increasing your faith from glory to glory, from faith to faith, always increasing you higher and higher and higher. So the man had a struggle. But you know what? What was he struggling with? Of course, because there were still some adulterous things. We still are an idolatrous generation. And this is why we're going to have to repent. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to have to repent because the church at large, at least what I have seen, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, no wonder these spirits have come in on the generation because we've been an adulterous generation. And the Lord came to his own people. He wasn't there talking to the Romans or those other people. He was talking to his very own people, telling them, you are an adulterous generation. Your loyalties are divided. It's divided. You're unfaithful to me. How about hopping out of bed with her and, and staying in bed with me? How about that? How about being with him? So at the end of the day, the disciples, of course, come back and ask him, Lord, why can we cast the spirit out? He said, because this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. In other words, you're living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting because up until that point, the disciples had not fasted because the Lord was still with them. But listen, when that spirit comes, when you come upon that thing, it's going to be too late. Somebody says, hey, so-and-so got an issue. Wait a second. Give me about a week and I'm going to fast and I'm going to come back. No, no, no. You've got to have it right there. Living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting builds up the faith and the confidence that you need in the Lord. That is a dedication when we pray and fast on a regular basis, when we read his word, study his word, when we discover who Christ is on a regular basis, you are ready for every encounter that comes your way. Hallelujah. Not going to have time to stop and say, give me a week. I'm going to fast, and then I'm coming back, and we'll deal with this then. No, let's deal with it now. Glory to God. So as a whole, and I'm closing here, as a whole, I believe repentance. And Lord, it always starts with the person speaking it. Repentance is needed. Repentance. Lord says, after we have believed in Jesus, we must repent. Be baptized anew and afresh. Repent. Be baptized. We've got to Get into the word of God. Having faith toward God. Finding Jesus in the scriptures all over again. And then fellowshipping with people that are on fire. Fellowshipping with people that are on fire for Christ. Sometimes we can fellowship with wet wood. And it's hard to get them lit, boy. They're not lit, it's hard. Do you love Jesus? Uh, you know, fellowship with people on fire guess what even if you're a little wet yourself they'll help dry you out praise the Lord it's a good thing it's a good thing to love Jesus it's a good thing to do it and now because we're in this in these last days we need you more than ever thank you for joining us for brothers of the word because, brother, you need the word. Hallelujah. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Divided Loyalty, by Mark Stroud. This message is number 6639. That's 6639. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 6639 to a friend, 
go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.